Fivers. I'm Stephanie, Ambassador of Fun, and welcome to High Five to That, a podcast all about celebrating fun stories, adventures, or just anything that I'll have you saying High Five to That. So today's guest is Lee Pirtle, Artistic Director of Lee Pirtle Ballet Company and choreographer of Sweet Sorrow, a zombie ballet. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on here. I'm really, I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> So before we get into your current production, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit and ask about your background in dance. Um, when I saw on your website, it said that you started out in Boston. I did. I'm from the East Coast originally, and um, I danced in Boston, and I, was in, I went to school in Western Massachusetts and in, at Boston University, and, um, and then I moved to New York. Um, I went to film school. And I moved out here to L.A. in 1999. So how did uh, dance call to you? Like, was it something that you always loved? Oh, yes. I was dancing. I've been dancing since I was five years old. Um, my mother, because I have a brother and she want, she had us do things that she couldn't do or didn't do when I was the dancer and my brother was a baseball player. So that's, you know, so in, in fact, if you ask her, like, why did you, why did you put me in, you know, I've asked her that, why did you put me in class, like in ballet and, or dance actually in dance class? And she said, well, I always wanted to do it. So you got to, <laughs> so you're going to do it. So, um, and I started out with the typical um, ballet jazz and tap and we had recitals and things like that. And I had a ton of costumes and tap shoes and point shoes and everything and then when I got into high school, I sort of did a lot of other different things. I, I was a cheerleader and played tennis and, and things like that, but I always came back to dance. And um, when, I went to, uh, when I went to college, I studied dance there as well. So I was a dance minor and um, got to perform and choreograph and everything there uh, at Mount Holyoke. And, and it just was always, it just, it just always stayed with me. But I think for me, um, I was not as interested in being a performer, but I liked to teach. And I thought that I was, I'd rather help other people become performers. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is my skill. Um, and especially now is that with my company, I feel like it brings me a lot of joy and I feel really proud of them. I want to see them do their best. And, um, and that's, it, it's much better than, it's like, I don't have any desire <laughs> to be, to be in their place. I just, I like to see them do it. So. Yeah. I mean, what it sounds like to me is kind of like how directors and cinematographers bring the story to life. They're just as instrumental as getting the, the what they want out of the actors as you are out of the dancers. So um, yeah, it's just as important uh, having your role. So that's really nice. Okay. So then you said that you moved to LA and mm -hmm. then you started, how did you start your company? Like the ballet company? Well, the ballet company arose organically, which actually is really very exciting to me because I had never intended to have a ballet company. It wasn't something that was on my like I never really thought of myself as a choreographer. I enjoyed teaching and I thought that I was, I was a pretty good teacher. Um, and then I started to get more involved in, um, so let me backtrack a moment. 
when I moved out here, I actually worked in the film industry. So Ooh. I, so I used to work, um, when I lived in New York, I was a script supervisor and I worked on films and, um, like independent films. And I did a lot of work for MTV. And then when I moved out to LA, um, I wanted to spend more time writing and I thought I was, I, I thought I was going to be a screenwriter. Um, and I got a job working at the WB and I was a standards. Ooh. Yeah. So I worked on the Gilmore girls and oh my gosh, <laughs> that's just like, Oh, Gilmore girls. I know that too. Um, so I worked on the Gilmore girls and Sabrina, the teenage witch, um, oh. seventh heaven, um, some of those, those shows. And so I did that for a long time. And, um, I did every single episode of the Gilmore girls. So from the moment, like I, I, that just happened to be cause it ran for seven years and that's the exact seven years that I worked there. Um, and then I, but I'm a writer. So then I sort of moved into writing novels and I've had four young adult novels published. Um, and that was very exciting, but no screenplays. Um, and after I left the WB, I realized that because I still I was continuing to dance um, and I had given up teaching for a while, but I realized that I wanted to do some more teaching. And that's when it all sort of fell together because I was doing a lot of storytelling. And um, but I really enjoyed telling stories with 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 dance, with ballet and one of the things that happens, like my dance company is all adults. It's all adults. It's amateurs and not as a 501c3 nonprofit, you know, mm-hmm. it's, um, but it's not, it's not for teens or kids. Um, and I think one of the things that I enjoy and what drove, what sort of pulled me into having a company was that there weren't a lot of opportunities for dancers who were older and who were not professionals. Um, but they had just as much passion. They were just as good. And they could tell great stories. Like they had a life. They, they knew how to act. They could, you know, um, they could bring to performance something completely different. So I sort of take, I started taking stories like Coppelia and Sleeping Beauty and, and sort of changing them so that they would suit my dancers. Um, and then with the, with, with the company, I had been working on the zombie ballet, this little short little thing. And it, I, it had evolved into a novel that I wrote. It was a sequel to Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. And yeah. So, so yeah, really into Shakespeare. Yes. Um, so I did that and I realized that I wanted to put it on as a big show. And the only way to do that would be to have a group of dancers who I could commit to doing it like for a period of time so mm-hmm. that I could, I could rehearse with them and develop the show. Mm-hmm. And so it just sort of came about that way. And, you know, when I had to call it something, you know, my father laughs at me. He's like, why did you name it after yourself? And I'm like, it was kind of not a joke, but it was sort of like, well, what am I going to call it? I don't know. Let's call it the Lee Purtle Ballet Company. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't intended to be like, you know, it, I it didn't, I had, I put no thought into that. I just thought, well, let's just call it that. Um, and that's how it began. And that was like in 2017. Yeah. It seems like it was just meant to be like all the things coming together to form this thing effortlessly. Well, I mean, I know that there's 
a lot of hard work that goes into it, but just like how it just all came together. So that's, that's really cool to hear about. I, I always get inspired by hearing how, like, it's almost like you're going with the flow and then just everything comes together. Absolutely. It is that serendipitous moment where it's like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and let's put them together. And then I have this. And then, you know, one of my, um, well, I call her my muse. She's a very good friend of mine. Um, she had like, she has a connection to the horror community. And so in our very first year, we were at a horror convention, which I never thought was like, I'm a ballet dancer and teacher. And this is zombie ballet. It's very classical. It's not gory or yeah. anything like that. And, um, but then they just embraced us. It was like, it was this a magical moment. Um, it was really very exciting to sort of see this, like step aside and go that we're not on a stage. We're not, we don't have, you know, music and costumes. We're just basically at a horror convention performing this one minute, tiny little dance. And it was, it was like, oh, okay, this is going to be something. I, I think this is going to be something. Um, because it it was beyond the classical ballet crowd. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that really is exciting for me because ballet is in some ways a very, I mean, it's a, such an old art form and mm-hmm. get, there's so much baggage that comes along with it and you want it to grow and become something more than what it was. And the only way to do that is to, appeal to people in different ways, you know, mm-hmm. otherwise only going to have this tiny little fraction of a group that thinks it's got to be in a particular way. And mm-hmm. it can only be told in a particular way by particular people, um, which is also something I don't, you know, um, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, that was, that was really kind of a, an exciting moment that, that, realization that this is going to be, this is going to be something more than just a dance on a stage. Yeah. Cause I feel like dance is universal. It's kind of like, sometimes you can't find the right words, but you could express yourself or see expression through movement and dance and, and all of that. And so I just feel like it connects to a lot of people. And when I heard of your event, I was just like, yes, because I do like, I do like classical dance, but I mean, this, I feel like is fun. It's interesting. I mean, cause Nutcracker, for example, every Christmas, very traditional and stuff like that, but I want something new, you know, I want to watch because I feel like dance should evolve. It should grow with what people are interested in. So yeah. How did you combine? Cause you said that you liked Shakespeare. How did you think to come up with this um, idea for the production? Well, it's interesting because the piece of music that I'm using is um, from dance of the, is dance of the nights, which is from um, Prokofiev, the Prokofiev score for Romeo and Juliet. So that piece of music is actually um, from Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And that sort of started, like, if you remember, I'm sure you've seen West Side Story. Yeah. 
So there's the one, I mean, it's a such fantastic music, fantastic dancing. This dancing is just amazing. There's the moment at the dance when, um, so they're, they're, you know, it's a very lively, upbeat dance. And then all of a sudden it stops when um, yeah. Tony and see each other, right? And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. As that moment. And the same thing happens in the ballet as well. And so I decided to have the same thing happen in mine. I'm like, well, who would that be? If I have this surrounded by zombies, well, who would those characters be? Would they be Romeo and Juliet? And then I sort of, so I backtracked it and like, yes, Romeo and Juliet, that would be Romeo and Juliet, just like Tony and Maria and, or also at the ballet. And I'm like, well, would they be dead? Would they be zombies too? And what would that mean? What would the story be if they were there, if that was that moment? So I don't, I don't actually have that moment now. I've evolved beyond that, but that was the impetus. It was like, sort of, sort of like, oh, well, well, then, well, then what would the story be? Oh, it would be that after they die because they're dead. So, you know, it was just, and that's, <laughs> that's how that developed. It was just, a, but anyway, it came from the original piece of music. Um, and that was back in, I think it was like 2009. Um, I was teaching and I loved that piece of music and it was close to Halloween time. And I thought, well, what if we took this adagio that we were working on and we changed it and we used this music from Romeo and Juliet, but it was Halloween season. So what if they were zombies? And that's, <laughs> <laughs> so it actually started in a class that I was teaching and then it was very popular. It was like people enjoyed it. And so I just sort of started putting it on different groups. And I also realized that it was the kind of thing that just about anybody could do. So one of the things, and as you mentioned, that dance speaks to so many different people, but for ballet, especially classical ballet, so many people think that, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. That's not for me. I, my body doesn't move like that. But when you, and, or even like with Nutcracker, it's like, same thing. It's like, well, how are they going to do, you know, if I can't, if I can't do that, like if I can't do Sugar Plum Fairy, what is Sugar Plum Fairy going to look like if I can't do those, if I can't dance like that, or if I can't work on point? And with my show, a lot of it is dancer friendly. It can be performed by a wide range of dancers. They don't have to be, you know, like, and you'll see um, when you see the stream, you'll see that in that, in that piece in particular, the zombie, the zombie ballet portion of it, um, you'll see that the dancers are very beginner through very advanced. And it doesn't matter because it's about character. It's about movement quality. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect in terms of like, is your leg 90 degrees or, you know, mm -hmm. so that's kind of, I think that's the direction that we need to move in mm -hmm. for, in order to really expand ballet and to have it be um, embraced by more people and continue to live beyond us. Anyway, mm -hmm. I just realized like, okay, I brought it back to the same thing again. So sorry about that. You no. were talking about, you know, the story, but that's how it all developed. And then I went back, I sort of did a deep dive into um, Romeo and Juliet to really find more about the characters and, mm -hmm. and how did this happen and who's Rosalind and, you know, like that's because the story, my story is about Rosalind and, um, which is an, un an underlooked character, an overlooked character um, in that 
you know, she's blamed for Romeo's attraction to Juliet because she, she was dismissive of, of him. She didn't want him. Um, but anyway, so it's a, yeah. So that's how I, I went back to the original uh, source material and then just kind of took it from there. Mm-hmm. Well, I like how it picked it. So it's picking up after they have already passed on. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. It's so creative uh, because I mean, it's supposed to be a tragedy, the original. Um, but I like how it's like, well, it, it could, we can still use these characters or just the setting, et cetera, and tell more. So I really like that. I'm very excited to watch this. Oh, good. I'm really glad. I think it's interesting if you do know, because you don't need to know Shakespeare, obviously, but if you do know it, you'll see like the character of Rosalind, obviously the character of the apothecary, which is also an an overlooked character. It's like, well, what was the role of the apothecary? Mm -hmm. Um, so in my show, those two main, those two are my, my team, my main characters, the apothecary and Rosalind. And so you're, you know, you have this character who provided a potion that was not supposed to kill. Anybody. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> so, um, but it is, you know, it is funny that it's um, that there is a lot of light, light moments in it and it's, and it's fun um, and yet it does, you know, it's sort of, um, it, it could be considered dark because it is, takes, takes place after they're dead. And, um, but it's, I think it's, uh, I think there's something for everybody, you know, cause I do have very classical, beautiful technique and I have stuff that's a little bit more fun and lively and, mm-hmm. and not as, um, um, I mean, still all very, te- I mean, my dancers are all very technically very good. It's not, you know, but it's not as, some of it is not as challenging as others. So you could see yourself there. Yeah, but- I, I really like that. And on your website, it kind of touches on that point as well. Um, it, two quotes or pieces of quotes that stood out was, everyone should have the opportunity to experience ballet in their own way and have fun. And it's my goal to make ballet as inclusive as possible. And um, hearing you go more in depth about that, I feel like that's really wonderful because I know traditionally, I mean, I'm not a professional dancer, but what I've seen is that their, their careers are very short, you know, it's like, and it's very intense to, to get a lead um, to be the prima ballerina and so on. But what I like here, what it sounds like is it's because of the inclusive environment, it's like we all can share in the joy of dance. You don't have to look a certain way to dance. And I really love that about your company. Thank you. I really, that is something that I really love too. And it's, that's another thing that was very organic um, if you look at my classes, they're very diverse in terms of like all, I mean, my, the ages of my students, the, um, all the different demographics. I mean, it's just, um, it's really amazing to me. And, and of course I do live in Los Angeles. So, um, the, there's a, you know, a huge, you know, very, very diverse population in the city, but traditionally, 
if you go to a dance class, a ballet class, um, regardless of where you are, they're going to be, you know, the same, you're going to see the same type of body and the same mm-hmm. type of skin color, um, mm-hmm. the same type of um, uh, economic background. Um, and those are the kinds of things that prevent a lot of people from, you know, becoming dancers or, or even it's like, when you look at the dance world, in order to become a, a, a prima ballerina or to have a career that, you know, is, goes beyond just being in the core, um, you have millions, like, I don't want to say millions, but let's just say it's hundreds of thousands of dancers who want to, who enjoy dance. And then the teeniest, tiniest percentage, I mean, it's like the, there's, there are like five roles I mean, there's like five, you know, it's like, <laughs> I'm being facetious, but there aren't that many companies. And even within the companies, there aren't that many roles, there aren't that many opportunities for dancers. And as you said, the, 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 there's a very, very short shelf life for a dancer, mm-hmm. for a dancer. And so you've spent like, and it's natural that even if you're very good at what you do, if you really enjoy it and you're a wonderful dancer, that when you get to be 18 and you look at the paths op- of the, the, the two options for you, well, I could go down the path of being a professional dancer, or I could become a lawyer or a, an accountant or, you know, or whatever, or, or something. I mean, whatever you choose, a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. But you look at those two paths and it's so clear that the obvious choice is not the professional dancer. Hmm. So even if you've spent, because it's just not, I mean, it's not a smart option. It's, it's not like the light, the likelihood of you becoming successful is very, very, very small. So, but what happens? So a lot of people just get turned off and that's it. And they don't do anything more. Um, but then you have all these other dancers who, you know, maybe their bodies are the different, you know, they're not the right size or height or um, whatever it's, um, it, it, and yet they're still really, really good dancers. What do they do? You know? So I feel like my company is, it can be that for a lot of people, you know, which is why my company has like all different, they're just like, you know, just, they just love to dance and they also happen to be really wonderful people. They are very encouraging of each other. They want other people to be a part of them as opposed to, no, we're exclusive. We don't want you. We're, Mm -hmm. you know, we want, they, they actively try to encourage people. And I love that. So it's just, but that, again, it's just organic. It just happened. Um, So I don't know. I didn't, I didn't go out and put up a, a sign that says my dance classes are for everybody. It's just kind of happened that way. And then it went, Hey, my dance classes are for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, no, but that's cool that you created this community of dancers who are sharing this joy and lifting up others. And, and that's wonderful, but yeah, that's an extension of yourself because you're the one who started this and you are welcoming people in and not like, no, you can't come in because you don't look a certain way. Yeah, I do think that a lot of dance, you know, there is a there is that aesthetic that is associated with ballet that mm-hmm. people are reluctant to part with and they just need to see the options and I feel like if they can see my company do this really cool ballet um and, and tell a really cool story 
then maybe they'll start to think, oh, ballet doesn't have to look a certain way mm-hmm. and look this other way. It can look many ways, you know, which is not to say that a lot of the, you know, I, I love Swan Lake too. I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's relatable for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. Not that zombies are relatable, but, (laughs) you know, but maybe, (laughs) but it's fun. No, I think zombies are fun. I think it's something that it's like, um, you know, like a fun type of scary thing that people enjoy, even when it's not, uh, you know, Halloween season, because uh, I know that the walking dead was very, very popular uh, for a long time. And, um, you know, people, I I feel like it's always going to be in, um, in like pop culture or what have you, people just enjoy zombies. I mean, uh, they're not real. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they can't be pretty bad, but in, in stories, but, um, no, it's just like a fun, fun, scary thing that, um, I think a lot of people enjoy. So yeah, I don't think they'll ever go out of style. (laughs) Well, one thing I noticed, like when I was listening to your podcast about this, one of the things that struck me is that you said that you didn't want things that were too gory and too, you know, and I definitely think that that is, that's what we are. We are, we're, you know, not frightening, but we have those elements. And if you think about them too long, you go, oh, that person is being eaten. Hmm. But you don't. (laughs) You know, you don't really see it. So it doesn't, you know, you don't absorb it that way. But I think that that's another, that's a great way to, to look at what we're doing and what, you know, why it can be appealing to people is that it's not gory and it's not, um, it's not really gross, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's much safer to watch. Cause um, yeah, for example, something like uh, walking dead, I couldn't watch that cause it looked too real uh and that was a little too real for me but um but yeah but i do enjoy like certain spooky elements um so so i think this this is like like i said right up my alley this is something that i would just like yes um kind of like there's a book i think it was called something like pride prejudice and zombies um yeah that look i didn't get a chance to read it but um like stuff like that i think is fun you know it's like taking a twist of something that you enjoyed and then adding, you know, some a fun take on it. So I do. I love that too. I like that, that fantasy element. And I, you know, the, you mentioned the Nutcracker and it is something that's done every year. And I think that every year, like people, people do try to, um, contemporize it. Maybe it's a, a hip hop Nutcracker or it's, um, tap dance or they set it in a particular um a particular time and place that it's not you know that victorian era Mm -hmm. and i think that that's wonderful and that's kind of what i would like my sweet sorrow to be because i feel like in many ways like for instance you'll see a character who is being played by a woman in this year's show and last year, or not last year, but two years ago, because we didn't have it last year, two years ago, that, that role was played by a man. And mm-hmm. it's still the, still the same story. It's mm-hmm. still the same relationship. Um, but it's, you know, so I didn't happen to have a, a, a dancer, a male dancer to play that role. So 
I had a female dancer play that role and I just changed the name, you know, but it's still the same role. It's still the same, you know, story. So I think that by, I think that what I, what the sweet sorrow is, is something that could be, you know, next year, I don't know what my dancers are going to, who, who I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are able to dance on point. Maybe they're not. Maybe I have five who, you know, can do this and five who can, you know, I, I, I just don't know. And so the story itself though, can evolve and still tell the same story, but it just can reflect who is in the company. Mm-hmm. And I think, mm-hmm. Cause that's something that you can't really do that with something like Swan Lake. You can't do this. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the way it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but with, but in a very similar way, I think that's one of the reasons that Nutcracker is very popular is that you can take this and the girl, you know, or woman or young man or whoever it is playing Clara, that role can be a child, can be an adult, can be really tremendously talented, can be super beginner. Um, and then the different roles in it can be played you know, well, we don't have, you know, the ability to do this, so we can do it this way, but you're still telling the same basic story. So although that's Nutcracker is really dated and I don't like a lot of the, (laughs) 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 it's got a lot, (laughs) but so, but I think that in a similar way, that's what I'd like to see Sweet Sorrow be that sort of Nutcracker for Halloween. So Mm -hmm. form it and you can still tell the same story, but maybe you just have different people telling it and that makes sense. <laughs> no, it does. I feel like that breathes a lot of life into it because it's going to change each year. It's going to have the same type of premise, but it's like, if you come see this production again next year, it's going to look a little different based on, on like you said, like the, the people who will be in it. And I think that's great too, because you're playing to their strengths and what they can do. So, so it's going to be fresh every year. And um, I think that's a great way to, to, to go around it because yeah, no offense to the nutcracker. Um, but I'm after this many years of watching it, I'm, I'm good. Like I, (laughs) uh, it all looks kind of the same. So, um, yeah, this is cool that it'll always be kind of different. So, yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. I mean, just so far, I mean, this is our fourth year of doing it and we did it also, we did a, um, we did a short film version Ooh. last, yeah, last, um, last summer or last October, actually last October, we did a short film and, um, it was the first act of it basically. And, um, we just needed to do something. We were all, you know, in the pandemic and everything. So we mm-hmm. shot it at first at, um, Griffith park and, um, and that was really exciting. It was a lot of fun and we didn't have a Romeo and Juliet, even though I had, Two, I had two male dancers in my zombies. So I used instead. I used two Juliets. So I mean, not two Juliet. They didn't. They weren't Juliet. But I used, used two women instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not? You know, um, yeah. it's it's still to. I still told the same story. Still, you know, and uh, so I, I I like that. I like the ability to to do that. Um, and yeah, make it fresh. Yeah, to play to their strengths. That's a good way to look at it. Because, um, yeah, I had two, I had two gentlemen or two, two men, um, in the, um, in the zombie group and, but I didn't want them to be, and then, no, we don't need a Romeo. No, that's mm-hmm. okay. 
we're good. <laughs> yeah, because also it's it's the uh, the story, you know. Uh, any great story is universal that anybody can relate to. And it doesn't even matter if it's, you know, man, woman, et cetera. Uh, it's, it's about what is happening. What are they feeling? How are they reacting to these events? So, yeah, I love yeah. that. Oh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just so excited. I can't wait until next weekend to watch it. But I also appreciate that you're streaming it uh, because I don't live in the LA area or um, I guess it was called La. I, I wanted to say Canada because it looked oh, like, but yeah. it's not that. <laughs> it's La, La Canada. Yeah. Canada. Okay. That, that's where we rehearse. Um, well, it's the, the, one of the reasons this was really exciting for us too. Um, we have a remote group of dancers and they are all over the country. And I mm-hmm. even have dancers in Canada and New Zealand. And in order to include them in sweet sorrow, um, we're doing, I'm doing a couple of short films uh, mm-hmm. that we projected at the theater and the dancers uh, filmed themselves. I choreographed uh, a couple of dances and they filmed themselves and uh, we rehearsed on Zoom and, mm-hmm. um, and then the two films were, then they were edited and projected. So um, the only way that those dancers were going to be able to see themselves is if we streamed it. Um mm-hmm. So that was one impetus for doing that. It was like, I wanted them to be able to see what they were doing. But also back in June, we did a streaming only performance. Uh, I did a steampunk, it was my steampunk circus ballet. Um, Oh, fun. So that's called, yes, uh, the Circus of Worldly Wonders. And so I had dancers, again, I had remote dancers that we filmed in their homes um, or their locations. And then I also had uh, groups of dancers at Griffith Park um, at the merry-go-round and at the travel town, which was this big train station. Um, it was fantastic. It was big. We used this giant train that looked exactly like it was out of Harry Potter. It was fantastic. Oh, how cool. I love it. Oh, it was fabulous. So we did that and then we had the carousel and it was gorgeous. And so we did a streaming only event. We edited, we filmed everything and edited it. And then we did a, we did a stream and then we had a live element to it as well, um, which was kind of exciting. So that was sort of our first foray into that option, doing something streaming. Mm-hmm. And when we came for the Sweet Sorrow, we thought that was a really great thing because we were able to um, reach people all over the world. And that was really exciting. So, um, and that, that just really opened everything up for us. So doing it again, as it seemed like a, like an obvious choice for us was to have that as an option too. So, um, and then of course there's, you know, Halloween weekend, it was perfect. So yeah, so we'll be doing that next weekend. Um, and it does, it gives us an option to, you know, we can, that's another way of being inclusive, you know, because, if you think about it, like, all right, I live in Los Angeles. I have access to world-class ballet performances all the time, right? I have, you know, dance companies travel. Well, they used to travel. They haven't done that in a while, but mm-hmm. we can all see that, you know, can go there and see that. But a lot of people don't have that option. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to do this, it really makes it, you know, brings it ballet to them. And, um, 
in a different, you know, in a different way. And that is, that's another way of being inclusive and another way of being inclusive for my dancers who are remote. Um, a lot of them, even though they, are, they may be taking classes in their towns where they live, um, they may not have the opportunity to perform. Mm-hmm. And so this gives them an opportunity to perform and also gets, you know, it allows their friends to be able to say, Oh, look, here's my friend. She's performing or he's performing. And, um, and, you know, as part of a, this larger group, um, this is just another way to, to be inclusive, to keep, you know, to get people involved in this community. So, yeah, I think, um, that was, uh, one thing that came out of COVID that was nice is that we can connect to others, um, through zoom or virtual streaming and stuff. So, even if it, it's someone across the world, we can reach them and like include them. I, I noticed that there's a lot of more groups now, different types of groups, like a knitting group or what have you, where anybody can just join in and watch. And I feel like in that way, we've become more connected, which is wonderful. So, yeah, it is. It's very, that's, that's the part that is very exciting about what we've done. Um, I was reluctant with Zoom. Like when we first, the very first day after we locked down in LA, I went on YouTube live and I started teaching a class every single morning. And I ended up teaching it every single morning, Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Saturday um, at 11 AM for gosh, I don't know how many months, five months, four months, something like that. Every Mm -hmm. single day. And it was really, it was like, it was a great way to stay connected to the community because people would come on and they would go in the chat and they would do class with me. And that was a lot of fun and just really good for me too. It, it made me feel good. Um, and then Zoom came along and I was really reluctant to do Zoom because I couldn't figure out how am I going to be, you know, I see you, how am I going to do that? How am I going to give you corrections? And you just figure it out, you know, it's yeah. like, you just do it. And, um, it's not ideal, but it makes it, it gives something available. It makes it available to people who they can't leave, you know, and even now who maybe they're local, but they're, they're not comfortable coming back into the studio yet. I totally, Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. My classes are hybrid. So Mm -hmm. I'm teaching in the studio and then also teaching to the people on zoom. Um, and yeah, it's a little bit extra work, but it gives them a place to come, you know, if they need it. So, um, so I just like that. And I like, I like being able to, I like being able to say, hi, there's, you know, so-and-so in Arizona or Hawaii. Kind <laughs> 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 of fun, you know, like you're joining us from all over the country. It's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, I'm hopeful that the stream, you know, will get, you know, people like you who are like, what is this? I want to see this over here and find out more. And, um, and that's how, that's how ballet is going to stay alive, you know? Yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I'm bummed that I missed your steampunk thing. Cause that that's up my alley too. Like I love <laughs> all of that stuff. Oh. <laughs> I'm a big, um, I, I, I'm a nerd. I love all of those, like, you know, like Marvel and, uh, you know, like all the, all the little like sub things in comics or anything like 
like steampunk so cool like i i love the the way it looks the the books that go with it like that whole world is fun um so uh but yeah but i'm glad that i found you because now i'll just keep tabs on what you all are doing so i could just kind of tune in uh to your next production so Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. That's exactly, you're the, that's why when I heard your podcast, I sort of discovered it. I was like, whoa, this is the perfect person for us. You know, I don't know who she is, but she's perfect, you know, and I immediately texted, you know, our social media people, media people, sounds like we have this big crew, because I have these wonderful, fabulous, um, like all the members of the company take part in promoting the company or doing something as that's what they're that's what this is all about is like building the community. And mm-hmm. so we have these wonderful dancers who um, Cornelia and Alexis in particular, and Lauren, I could go on with all these different dancers, but they, um, they create our social media content. And I immediately, when I found, when I found you, I texted them, like, you have to listen to this. This is, I'm like, this, this person is, she is our ideal, you know, she loves what we love and, you know, that's how that happened. But, you know, hearing you say that you love steampunk is like, that's makes it even worse. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, we did a, um, right now as part of our, it's like the full ballet, we have a full ballet of Sweet Sorrow, but Mm -hmm. my next, I'm, we did a shorter ballets for, um, the Circus of Worldly Wonders. And I want to be able to do a full length ballet of that. And then also Hotel at the End of the Universe, which is about the time traveling hotel. So, <laughs> so that was really fun. That that's our that's close to being a full ballet. That's right now about an hour long. But um yeah, so that's the kind of stories we want to tell, you know, not not these stuffy, you know stuffy that's fine that's let other people do those we'll away from that yeah that's fun okay I'm I'm a fan (laughs) (laughs) so um I'm gonna have all of the links and all the information for people in the show notes below um but before we end the episode we always end with a shout out so it can be it doesn't have to be a person it could be like a food or um like a book or something like that so do you have a shout out for the episode oh my gosh um i god it would be too tacky to say a shout out to Halloween, but that's, you know. No, shout out Halloween. That's fun. It's just around the corner. <laughs> I shout out to Halloween because I think that that is, that is the, ho- that is a holiday for everyone. I think that everybody, just like us, everybody can like find something in it for themselves, you know. Yeah, for sure. It is fun. Um, and, and now that I have a small daughter, it's, more fun like it it's almost like oh look this is this thing that we could share you know um yeah yeah. and it doesn't always have to be scary you know there's so many shades of halloween so yeah shout out to halloween for sure (laughs) absolutely yes i know i love that that's just so many shades of halloween because it's true it's like you can be like little kids love it and big kids love it and adults love it and there's so many different ways of loving it and it's just a it's yeah, I really sort of, I think it's 
I think is one of the most inclusive, one of the most inclusive holidays for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks for being on here. I told, I, I'm so happy that you're here. Thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. If you liked what you heard here, please share this podcast with others. And if you have any topics or business organizations or anything that you think is high fiveable and should be on the podcast, just shoot us a, a message on Instagram. I'll put our tag in the show notes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.